Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling and more. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network and hosts Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, and club spotlights. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Joe. All right, welcome into episode 21 of the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. Yes, I am Price Atkinson, and yes, I am in Silk Bowl, Denmark. This week for episode 21 of the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, and I am at the 2019 Women's World Curling Championships here at the Silk Bowl Sports Center. And we are in central Denmark here as round robin has come to a close today. And a lot of things have transpired here. This this episode is going to be obviously focused very heavy, pretty much all heavy, if you will. On the women's side of the world championship, we will get to the men's and do a men's preview next week. I'll be off to Lethbridge, Alberta. Late next week, we will have that podcast up before I take off and head that way. And then certainly we will give you everything from Lethbridge the following week. But as I mentioned, this is all about the ladies this week as the women's World Curling Championship. The round robin has now come to a close today. And we've got some interviews that we're going to bring you, but we can just bring you this right now. The Team USA finishing 6-6 six and six overall, 7th in the round robin, just one spot out of the playoffs. The top six go on to make the playoffs. Sweden is leading the way as the final round robin draw is on the ice right now as I'm recording this. But we can tell you that, yes, Team USA, Team Jamie Sinclair coming up just short. And there's a lot to talk about with that. We're going to do that uh, with several players and members of the team, including uh, Sarah Anderson, who I talked with a little bit earlier today, Coach Pete Fenson, as well as Ann Swisshelm. Everybody knows Ann Swisshelm uh, probably. I'm sure you do, as she was a two-time U.S. Olympian for um, for Team USA. She is now a commentator with World Curling Television here. And I sat down with her for about 20 minutes and really had a great conversation as you know, Team USA was wrapping up round robin play. We recorded it before their final game, uh, which was a loss to uh, Silvana Tiranzoni in Switzerland that effectively knocked them out. But what we can talk to you about and tell you that that loss this afternoon came without Jamie Sinclair in the lineup. Uh, Jamie Sinclair, earlier this morning in a win over Scotland, uh, I had it on video, went back and watched it. Uh, earlier today, Team USA defeats Scotland in their first game of the day. It was a morning session game, first game of the day. After the game, immediately following the game, as the teams were going to shake hands, Jamie was coming down from the uh, the other end, and there was a rock still in play, but it was sitting on a logo, a dark uh, logo on the ice. Uh, that logo kind of hid the... Um, the stone and so therefore she did not see it she trips falls all over the rock in on the ice falls down 
hurts her leg. It was a call right before the game as Vicki Persinger was out on the ice warming up. And you will hear from Vicki Persinger also here in the podcast. Vicki ended up going in and throwing vice stones for Team USA. Jamie tried to give it a go. She had about three practice slides. And just that minor lower leg injury prevented her uh, from playing in Team USA's final round-robin game. Sarah Anderson went on to skip uh, the team. Uh, and the rest of the lineup obviously comprised of what it was all week long. Taylor Anderson throwing second stones. And Monica Walker, uh, who had a fantastic week. Monica was one of the statistically top two leads here amongst all the leads of the 13 different countries. But we can tell you, though, as I mentioned, Team USA out. They will not make the playoffs. But another surprising development here, Canada will not be making it to the playoffs. First time since 1999, a women's team from up north. The Maple Leaf will not see the ice in the women's playoffs at the World Championships. They came up short as they are on the ice right now in what affects to a meaningless game against the host Denmark country and Madeleine DuPont. Uh, but Canada will not be in the round robin. It's a significant Asian flavor. The Japanese, the Chinese, Koreans, they're all going to be um, in the playoffs along with Russia, along with uh, Switzerland and top seeded Sweden. Sweden 10 and 1 in the round robin on the ice, also right now in a back and forth affair with Japan. But on a Hasselberg, they lost their very first game and have reeled off 10 straight. It will be 11 if they get a win tonight over Japan. But a whole lot has gone down here. It has just been a wonderful week here in central Denmark. I have had a wonderful time uh, working with Team USA and a few of the other teams that are here. And doing social and digital media for them. Uh, it, it really has been an incredible world championship. My second one uh, after being in Las Vegas last year for the men's, but my first women's world championship and just this uh, small town. Uh, somebody told me only about 5,000 people live here in Silk Bowl. I it seems a lot bigger than that, but it's in central Denmark. It's it's a smaller, quiet town. A lot of people told me that, um, uh, you know, it's a lot like uh, somebody, even uh, one of my friends, Robbie Doherty, who I work with on the slam circuit, uh, he had mentioned it, it feels a lot like Charlottetown at Prince Edward Island up in Canada, but it really is a beautiful place. And so many, de- the volunteers here have just been fantastic. Um, we've seen a lot of the school kids, you know, typically at a lot of these events, you see daycare day or, you know, the school kids come in during some of the day draws um, that has happened here today um, as a lot of Team USA flags were in the audience as the sixth graders from the local area here uh, were learning about a lot of the countries and came out to support them so really has been a wonderful week here uh, in Silk Bowl going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit but coming up here in the next segment without further ado we are going to get to the interviews and we're going to get to Ann Swisshelm the two-time U.S. Olympian 2003 World Championship uh, world champion with Allison Pottinger, who is also here. Was hoping to catch up with her. Probably going to try and do that next week. Uh, she's here for World Curling Federation meetings. I uh, had the chance to kind of talk to her just for a few minutes in the stands uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, 
but we will bring you Allison Pottinger here. Probably, probably catch up with her next week. But uh, Anna Swisshelm is coming up, World Curling Television. You won't want to miss that interview. And then we will talk with some of the participants from Team USA, Vicki Persinger, Sarah Anderson, and Pete Finson. That's going to be coming up in the final segment here from Silk Boy, Denmark, the site of the 2019 Women's World Curling Championship. Again, I'm Price Atkinson, your host, and this is the Extraction Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back into the Silkborn Sports Center. And join now. Did I get that right, Ann? I think it's Silkebor. Okay, see, so you are certainly far more traveled and seasoned, especially in this part of the world, than I am. But Ann Swisshelm, two-time Olympian, 2003 world champion, and also member of the WCF, WCF TV, TV crew here doing commentating, uh, analysis. You guys wear a ton of different hats. You don't just sit behind the mic. You're spotting sometimes. You're doing all kinds. Tell everybody and tell our podcast listeners on the 12th and Sports Network what it's like in a day of Ann Swisshelm here at the World Championship. Uh, a day at the Worlds um, from the broadcast side. It is busy. We do, as you say, uh, have a lot of roles. I do everything from play-by-play to color, and that's on-air broadcasting of the games. And the difference between those, play-by-play, essentially you're just talking about what you see on the screen, simple, trying to feed it off to the expert. And there are games where I do play-by-play. There's games where I sit as the expert or the color commentary, where we talk maybe more about the nuances uh, or what we see technically or on the communication of the teams. So, and then in addition to that, most of the commentators also fill the role of spotter, where you are informing both trucks what's going on in every game across four sheets. And that is a crazy job. In World Curling TV, the world part is what I think is the awesome part because you're the American. You have Sander from Norway, who's one of the commentators play-by-play. You have Luke from Canada. You have um, Kenny from Scotland. I mean, you have a Rona. I mean, you have a full roster of people from everywhere that bring perspective from, you know, obviously to the sport, but from different parts of, of the world. Yeah, and that's important because when you think about world curling TV, when you think about creating a broadcast that the entire world might enjoy, we don't do it for any one specific audience. We try and keep things neutral. We really do try and keep things positive when we're on air. Um, We know how hard these athletes work, and it's, uh, you know, it's uh, trying to be as respectful as we can be uh, in support of their efforts. All right, uh, before we get into the world championships and really what's unfolded here, what's been your favorite part of Denmark before? Have you been here to Denmark? Well, I've been to Copenhagen before, which is incredibly different, right? It's very urban, um, an old city with tons of modern touches. So being here in the middle, the center, uh, essentially Denmark's Midwest, um, it's uh, it's really quite beautiful, Um you can see what summers might be like here. The forests are so lush. Um, once the leaves come in, it's got to be incredible. So I think uh, just the just the landscape is probably my favorite thing so far here. Have you gotten out and had a good meal anywhere? I know we're all we're in here pretty much from sunup to sundown. 
Well, I've had split shifts. So for me, I've worked almost every morning and then every evening. Um, and that doesn't lead to a lot of time out. I, I do have tonight off. So this is my first night off since we got here. I am going to go try and find a really good meal. I've heard good things. I don't know if you've got any suggestions, Price. I'm happy to take them. We've had some good meals, although most of them have been pretty close here to the, the sports center because we hadn't had a lot of time to go. Had a couple Chinese buffets. I shouldn't admit that, being in, in Denmark. Uh, that was close and a couple burgers. But I did try some, is it crackling? I think that's what you call it. I, got, I had two bites of it, and that was the end of it, Ann. So my crackling experience is now considered O-V-E-R. Yeah, I, the crackling is the, the skin of the pig, uh, crisped up. Uh, that is actually a Cuban delicacy as well. So uh. <laughs> it, it was not good, and I did it because, well, because we're in Denmark, so I want to have something local. The Danishes, there are sweets everywhere. That's one thing. that I know you, there are a lot of things you observe, especially my first time here. You've been to Copenhagen, but just at least in Silkborg, I see sweets everywhere. I mean, everywhere you go. Yeah, there are a ton of sweets, but the only way to get there is by walking a long distance or riding your bike a long distance. So I think the sweets are maybe less impactful here in Denmark than they would be in our uh, our uh, driving ourselves world. Yep. All right, let's get to everything that's gone on on the ice because it's been a long week. Here we are at the end of round robin um, as we record on Friday morning here uh, in Silkborg. Team USA right now, let's start with Team USA. Right now in the sixth position, right uh, behind China, ahead of Japan. Japan has got two games left. Right now it's really a a United States-Japan, while Canada is technically still in this. But let's just go Team USA first. Rough start at the beginning of the week, a little up and down, but now they've won four of their last five, Ann. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the team definitely took a little while settling in here. Um, you could see them really struggling for shots. Um, the ice looks to me, I mean, I'm not playing on it, but it looks like it might be a little tricky out there. Not trying to provide any excuses, but one of the things that you're starting to see Team USA do, they're deep into the round robin. They have one game left. The playoffs are within their control. Um and every game, they get stronger, they get sharper, and they get more confident out there. And that's going to be what uh, they have to keep building on in order to get to the playoffs and then get through the playoffs. Because I know their goal has got to be to be on the podium. Talk about the communication aspect, because you've been at the highest level. I mean, an Olympian, you've won one of these things right here. The communication between Team USA on the ice, they certainly winning breeds smiles and fun, but it looks like they are, they are communicating maybe, I don't want to say different, but better and having some more fun out there. Yeah, well, that's going to be the key, right? And, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect communication, but I think it needs to be steady. Every now and again, when they get quiet, that's when you see them having mistakes or uh, where they miss their opportunity in their shot. When they're really working all the way through the shot vocally, they get a ton of production. And uh, that's going to be key in this next game, this last game of the round robin against Switzerland. All right, before we get away from Team USA, Monica Walker is a, a veteran. She's a, I mean, having a great week here numerically, statistically one of the top leads at last check. I think she was top two as far as leads and uh, statistically. But Jamie's obviously been in this situation last year. It, you know, had some draws at the very end to win games last year, and it was 
you know, heavy several times, a learning experience. So she's been down this road before. The twins, however, this is their first time on any kind of stage close to what they are playing on right now. What have you seen out of them? Uh, maybe growth from start of the week, some changes. What, what have you seen from them? Yeah, I, for all of the athletes out there who've ever had the privilege of playing on the world at the world championships, you know how difficult it is. And all the preparation in the world, all the junior worlds, all the spiels and everything, it does help, but it cannot replicate what it's like to be here. And the other thing that's happening while you're here, you are wearing your colors in a way that you've never been quite responsible for. Um, I think uh, Sarah and Taylor, definitely, you can look at the statistics. They struggled early in the week, but by being tenacious, because you know how talented they are, you know how much they have, um, they've had their best games of late and that's what you want out of your team you want to be improving as you get towards those medal rounds if they're starting to peak now that is fantastic news for team usa all right and also and we just find out just a little while ago that jamie sinclair she took a little bit of a not a little bit a nasty spill tripped over a a rock that was still out on the ice um is not going to play in the final round robin game what what much what must the team be going through? What must the coaching staff be thinking? What must what must Jamie be going through right now? Uh, you know, I can only imagine the kind of heartbreak. I mean, most of all, you know, I hope Jamie is well. Um, it was a pretty hard fall that she took. And, you know, the sad part of it, I mean, is that it was actually after the completion of the game. It was during the handshake. It's just an awkward moment. It happens out there, um, but it was a tough fall. Uh, Team USA is going to need to, uh, it sounds so trite, but they've got to dig really deep. And um, it's going to come down to executing shots. Um, the coaching staff likely has created a game plan, and that game plan needs to be implemented by the entire team. Um, so uh, coaches have to be going through what the tactics are in order to play Team Switzerland in this last round robin game, what the analytics say about how to address um, uh Team Switzerland's strengths and where to take advantage of their potential fail points. So everyone should be knowing that at this point. Um, you know, it's and I'll, I'll shift back to the communication piece. If you keep pushing on the communication, Team USA can win this game, no matter who's in what position. Well, certainly, our we don't know anything. Uh, not going to even begin to speculate. We just saw her take that nasty fall. We we hope that she's okay. Our prayers and thoughts are certainly with her as, as she recovers. All right, Dan. Let's talk about some of the other storylines going on here at the World Championships. We can't go any further without talking about Team Canada. Chelsea Carey, I, you know the proud curling nation that it is north of us. They are in danger, like not just danger, like really, really big time danger to the point they'd have to beat Denmark and then they need a lot of help just to make the top six and make the playoffs. Yeah, well, the world championships is hard. Every country here is really talented. Um, And I, I think... Lots of times we forget curling is a lot like golf. Um, you know, when the top golfer in the world misses the cut at a championship, uh, people don't really freak out. Right. 
they kind of say, well, if that tournament started a day earlier, a day later, if the winds were different, if the sun was shining or if it was raining, that golfer gets through easily into the playoff rounds in the final day. Um, I think it's the same for Chelsea and her team. And uh, Chelsea has world experience. Not a ton, though. Um, she's an amazing player. Uh, she's got some rookies. And speaking back to uh, what we talked about with the Anderson twins, you've got to be here to know how to be here. And um, layering on the pressure of being that kind of uh, perennial favorite a nation, Canada, that, that doesn't make your job any easier here. No. We, we call them fans. They are fans, but it's short for fanatical, right? And the Curling Canada fans are unlike any else really in the world. And they want, they expect, they expect greatness because that's what they're accustomed to. But, you know, Chelsea's talked about, you know, obviously realizing having played at the world championships before, but whether Curling Canada fans would want to even hear it, but the world is getting better. There are no, talking to so many people here and everybody's just talked about, there are no easy outs. There are no gimmies. Every, the world is, everybody is doing so many different things across the sport, whether it be uh, physical training, physical fitness, uh, physio, the mental part of the game, um, statistics, analytics. I mean, there are countries that are trying to do anything and everything to push the envelope to get to where Canada is, and we're seeing the uprising. It's it's going on before our eyes. Yeah, and I think it's the the women's game in particular. I think has. Uh has really altered uh, the global field of play. If you look at the top 10 at any given moment on the World Curling Tour, it is populated with six or seven countries on a regular basis. Yes, five or six of the top teams are Canadian, but uh, the rest of the world is there and playing at that level. And when you get here, um, there's only one Canadian team, and there's 12 other countries. And like you said, using all of the tools that sports have, right? Uh, the sports psych, the strength and conditioning, um, playing games. And then we're also, lots of the global curlers are professional curlers. This is what they do day in, day out. They live right near each other. They are on the ice every day. And sometimes that's not exactly possible for the North American teams. So, um, but... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough field, and uh, Canada will always be one of the great countries, uh, and Chelsea in particular, one of the great skips of the game. All right, let's go to, as we're talking with Ann Swisshelm, three, two-time Olympian, 2003 world champion, uh, decorated, certainly U.S. curler, and Sweden. At the top of the mountain right now, 10-1, and one, they lost their opening game. They have not tasted a blemish since. They have reeled off 10 straight. They get the big win over Canada this morning, 5-3. to three. They're a juggernaut right now on the ice. Give me your thoughts. Give me your download on what you see from Anna Hasselberg and her team. Well, reigning Olympic champions, uh, European champions, this team is so strong up and down the lineup. Um, but one of the things that if you're watching at home and you really want to see kind of uh, a great team, how they communicate, 
what they do every shot, how they get buy-in, their energy, their attitude uh, is extraordinary. And they do have disappointments. They do have missed shots. And they kind of they kind of let themselves grieve those shots, but they recover quickly and they get moving on with business. They don't hold anything in. Um, and they're just a great team. It's really fun to watch. The other thing that I've really noticed about their play is how aggressive they will be. They are not afraid of any rock at any time, and they just go for it. Yep. It's uh, it's really it's really fun to watch. Yep. It looks like they they know they're going to win. They it's something that they step out there. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, they definitely are one of those teams. And I, and I always say this to teams I coach, take the sheet. It's your sheet of ice. Take it. Uh, don't let anyone else take it from you. When uh, when your rocks are up and it's your turn to play, make sure that everyone knows that it's your sheet of ice. Um, uh, Team Sweden does that in a way that is so commanding. It's uh, Again, it's really something to see. I, I hope it comes through on the broadcast because live, when you're actually here watching them play in person, it is absolutely evident that this is their house. And uh, We're just living in it. Yeah, you might, and you might not be invited back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, what's, before, and we'll start wrapping up because you've got many, many other more important things to do than sit with me. What's maybe been a surprise for you here this week? And I, maybe it's a team, maybe it's some, uh, something that's gone on. I, my biggest surprise, and we were walking back to our Airbnb last night, I'm really blown away by Russia and the fun. It seems like the emotional connection that Team Kovaleva has on the ice. They look like they have fun. They're, they look almost atypical Russian, and I don't mean that in a nasty way at all, Ann. No, uh, Russia has really played with abandon, and when they get out there, and they're another team that, it's their sheet of ice, and they'll, they'll share it with you every now and again, but it's really their sheet of ice, and they exist in kind of a, a, a bubble where the four of them are what's critical and what they are proud of and embracing. Absolutely right. Russia has been uh, really uh, a very fun team to watch here. You know, there's been a couple other surprises. Um, actually, Latvia's lost most of its games, but they have played some really good ends. And there's a 15-year-old athlete out there on that team. You know, at some point, you got to wonder, when are they going to have a breakthrough event? Um, the other team that's just been... Uh, maybe we shouldn't be surprised at this point in the year, but Team Korea has... From the beginning of this season, just played a tremendous number of events. Uh, three World Cups, they won one, had a had a relatively open shot to win another. They win the Asia Pacific Championship. They play in the World Juniors. They play at the World University Games. And here they are in their first season, 19 years old, playing at the Worlds. That is something. They're forced to be reckoned with moving forward. All right, uh, and last question for you. You played at Club Nationals. You, you, uh, you leave your, what, Club National team, what, four game, three games in? It's Team Swiss Helm, you know, playing for uh, Michigan, and you guys are at uh, Club Nationals. But you bolt off on your team. What, did it, you know, what, what, what was that game plan like for your team, excuse me, playing, uh, you know, at, uh, at, at Club Nationals? Well, at the beginning of the season, um, 
uh, I knew I would be at the Wheelchair Worlds, so I was only at Club Nationals for uh, three days. Uh, but I will tell you that my Monday Night League team, Monday Night League Forever, is our hashtag. Um, these women are so fun. They were definitely worth flying across the pond and back again in three days for. Um, uh, Hopefully, we're going to get a chance to play Club Nationals again. Maybe one where I can play all the games instead of just a couple. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're extraordinary women, and I love playing Monday nights with them in Detroit at the Detroit Curling Club. And uh, it was great to be uh, at Club Nationals, even just for a couple days. All right, Anne, thank you so much for a few minutes. Just really appreciate the time. And, you know, hope, uh, hope you have a fun rest of the week here as the championship. But then on to Lethbridge, eh? Uh, no, actually, I nope. won't. I won't be in Lethbridge. I am, uh, I've been on the road for almost four and a half weeks. I am looking forward to Detroit and uh, a brand new puppy. Oh, have you picked out a name? Um, we think his name's going to be Sam, but we got to meet him, meet him, and live with him for a little while. But I think it's going to be Sam. So in two weeks, so. Congratulations, Ann. Thanks for a few minutes. You bet. Thanks, Bryce. so much to Ann Swisshelm. Great conversation. And, you know, it's just Ann has such some great perspective uh, on things and has been here almost all day, every day, like we all have. And that's one of the things about this. It's just so tough where you, you never, and, and it's not tough getting to watch world-class curling all day. And it's just fantastic. No other place I'd rather be uh, outside, obviously, with my family, of course, who is in Tampa. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, Ben and Maddie. Is a, they had to go to Tampa for a wedding without me. But uh, worse places to be at than here in Denmark, that is to say, uh, nonetheless. But uh, you just don't get the, the chance to get out of the arena very often to even go experience uh, central Denmark here in this uh, beautiful European country. But I did get out a little bit and got some fresh air after Team USA was eliminated this morning. In the night session, as I mentioned, which is still going on right now, uh, you got four draws or four games in this draw that are on the ice right now. And all are honestly, and it's anticlimactic, meaningless because they don't have any bearing on the playoff picture. <clears throat> but the playoff picture will not include Team USA, who came up just short to Silvana Tiranzoni in Switzerland a little bit earlier. As I told you in that first segment, Jamie Sinclair, she did not play after a minor leg injury earlier today as it was a freak. And I'm talking, it was a freak accident, folks. It just was one of those things that just never happens where she fell, tripped over a rock that was in place, sitting on a logo that was dark, didn't see it. And she took a hard spill. Uh, I'll tell you from where I was sitting, I'm not playing doctor of, of any sort, but it looked like she fell and hit a shoulder, possibly even head, but that did not happen. It was a lower leg injury. She tried to go uh, in warm-ups this afternoon, was slid about three times, didn't even make it past the hog line. She w then was um, was basically asked, hey, you got to be honest with us, and she just could not go. So Sarah Anderson moved down to throw skip stones. Vicki Persinger comes off the bench, the magician who played, obviously, with Corey Christensen's rink this year throwing by stones. She came in to play third while Taylor Anderson stayed at second. Monica Walker stayed uh, at lead. But let's go ahead and bring you 
an interview. Here's Sarah Anderson after the game, and you know she has been a skip at the junior level. Plays certainly mixed doubles with Corey Dropkin. She's got a history of skipping and you know having to do it on this kind of stage at the World Championship with only uh, honestly from the end of that game to the start of this next one, it was less than two hours. So there was not very much time. Some people might say that's a good thing. You don't have time to sit around, think about it, outsmart yourself, uh, maybe to put too much pressure on yourself, and that you know. It might be better where you just you just don't have time to think about it and you get out there and you do it. Others would say, well, it gives you time to prepare mentally, gives the team, gives everybody else time to prepare. But whatever it is, it comes down to it's just not an ideal time for just a freak accident to happen like that. And Sarah be forced, and not just Sarah, Vicky, uh, who I'm sure was excited, and you'll hear from her, you know, coming all this way, wanting to get maybe a little ice time, but just not in that kind of way. Uh, but it's just really, really tough uh, to see Jamie uh, up on that bench and so we're going to bring you some of these interviews and we'll start with Sarah Anderson who did come in to throw uh, to skip the team Team USA her first time at the world championship here here's what Sarah had to say about just a difficult situation earlier today all right Sarah the run comes to an end here at the world championships before we get into anything what was the week like this had to have been just a ton of fun for you Exactly. It was my first Women's Worlds, and I had a ton of fun. Like it, The event just was amazing playing on this stage, and we, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Take us through earlier today, Jamie, freak accident. You know, The Rock trips over. You got shaking hands against Scotland. Take us through the locker room and the talk with the coaches, how you guys kind of prepared, the mindset where you had to flip this thing. You weren't sure until right after through warm-ups exactly what the lineup was going to be. Exactly. So we knew Jamie was hurt, and we just didn't know how bad. And Mike, our trainer, really worked with her before the game and taped all her up and stuff, but she wanted to see if she could slide. She tried it in practice, and it was a no-go. So right by the end of practice, we had a I, – I mean, I heard from Pete saying, hey, yeah. switching plan B kind of thing. Now, you've never really been in that kind of situation on a stage like this, but for you that knows, okay, you're going to go in there and skip the team, do you think it was maybe better that didn't have time to sit around and think about it for several hours that, okay, here we go, let's just go do this. I've been there before. Let's just go at it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of there with the team, we kind of just said, like, hey, everyone needs to step up here. You know, Vicky's coming in after not playing a game all week. And, um, you know, the front end did a great job supporting both Vicky and I in these new roles. And we just really try to stay together and support each other in this last game. What did it mean for you? To, to look up and see a teammate, you know, that you've been with all season long and see Jamie sitting there knowing that there's nothing you could do, nothing she could do, that we just got to go and forge this battle without her. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely unfortunate. It's not what we wanted at all. Um, and it just, uh, it's, it would have been, you know, rocky if we won that game. And, and in playoffs, we were hoping to get her back. So who knows? But maybe this is, gonna, you know, a blessing in disguise. Maybe it's going to let her recover quicker by not injuring it further. Um, and maybe we'll have a better bounce back for next season. What was the highlight uh, before we let you go? The highlight here this week for you? Because I know it was a lot of fun getting to wear Team USA. You've done it before with Corey at some of the World Cup events and junior events. But... You know, getting to come out here, this is was the World Championship. There were a lot of fun moments, a lot of great wins for you guys. Whether it was a win, a loss, a moment away from the, the sports center here, what was maybe most fun or a highlight for you personally? 
I mean, it's always fun to um, represent the, the your country, but also, you know, with all the TV coverage and everything, and, like, hopefully it's growing the sport in the States and growing it all over and just, you know, creating a bigger field and maybe a younger field uh, in juniors, growing that up, and, you know, being able to facilitate that is just amazing. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. And there you go. That's Sarah Anderson, the vice skip, but today the skip uh, for Team USA. Also talked to a little bit earlier, Vicki Persinger, right after the game, who she got visibly emotional. Um, somebody that she has known and obviously played with for a long time, was a member of Team Sinclair last year uh, before moving over and playing uh, with Corey Christensen this season. She was visibly uh, very emotional after the game, talking about uh, just really Jamie not being able to play, looking up and uh, seeing her friend having to sit uh, in the coach's box and not be able to go. Here's what Vicki Persinger, the magician herself, talked about and had to say uh, and shared some of these emotions right after the game. Test, test, one, two, Vicki Persinger. All right, Team USA done here at the World Championships and down here with Vicki Persinger. And Vicki, this was not the ideal situation that played out today, but you get to see the ice, just not in the kind of way that we had all thought. Jamie gets hurt. You come in and play vice, but what a game. Just just take us kind of through the preparation when you find out Jamie's not going to play. You got all of a sudden, bam, here we go. Instead of, you know, serving snacks in the fifth end break, you're out there and you got to go get it done. You did. Yeah, you know, um, you come here expecting and hoping to never have to play. And um, it's really tough to see her not, not ready and not at her best and kind of difficult to put that aside and yeah it's it's hard when you see a teammate go down like that it's never easy and especially in this kind of a situation but how did you guys rally I mean you guys on the ice you played with this team before Sarah and Taylor you know each other Monica I mean you you know each other so it while it was not ideal while it was difficult the circumstances you guys still had the same on ice communication that you've had before and you know from playing together yeah um once I found out I was playing, I just wanted to make sure to try and have fun out there. And, you know, it was a big game, but there were other implications too. But um, just trying to win our own game and keep it light out there and try and make sure Sarah was comfortable. You know, it's her first Women's Worlds and just being kind of, you know, not thrown to the wolves, but being asked to step up so short notice. Um, you know, I wanted to make sure she felt good too. And um, kind of Ben was back together with me and Monica. And so, yeah, I just tried to contribute any way I could um you know I would have liked to throw a little better but just had less ice time than other girls so just tried to contribute elsewhere and and thought I did that so what what did the coaches say to you what did your teammates say to you what did you say to them is you're getting ready all right here we go this is the plan how did you guys approach this um well we just decided we needed more so the communication between us um just with me being new um to being on the ice I watched all week but um, just the girls letting me know what they see and me maybe telling them I throw it a little different or um, anything like that. So just we try to keep the communication tight and keep talking to each other the whole game and uh, just kind of make sure everyone stayed light so that we could all play our very best. Thanks for a few minutes, Vicky. Yeah, thanks. So that's the magician, Vicki Persinger. And, you know, again, just a, a, a tough situation for the entire uh, the girls team uh, to have to go through and, and unfold. But uh, I'm going to bring you Pete Fenson, uh, the, the 
the national team coach over the women's side of the high performance program. And another person that got visibly emotional uh, is he and I were talking in the mix zone after the game today. And the emotions from Pete came from not seeing Jamie Hurt, which there was emotion over that. The emotions from Pete kind of started uh, – come you know just coming to the surface when he just thought about how proud he was of the girls in an adverse situation at one of the most untimely um, points at a world championship the way the girls came together and the pride they had to come together with that team usa flag and play together he was over really overcome with emotion just of how proud he was of team usa and the girls today here's pete fenson all right, Pete, what a week, what a day. Let's just start with the day first before we go to the week. Girls had, uh, you know, obviously a great week, but today was great win this morning over Scotland. Then obviously the kind of, uh, I don't know how else to put it, freak accident, you know, with Jamie tripping on the rock, and then you guys have to make some lineup changes. Just kind of take us through everything. Um, yeah, they, you know, they the last few days they've really been playing well and playing a little bit better every game, um, making more shots, managing the games. Um, big win this morning. Uh, against Scotland, and then, like you said, just a freak accident. Uh, Jamie felt bad. We told her, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it, you know. She really wanted to play. Um, had a lot of pain. Mike tried to. Mike took a look at her, did what he could. Uh, you know, we didn't have any time. I had to go right back on the ice. Um, you know, I talked to her for a bit, and uh, you know, big game for her here. And I said, there's going to be a lot of big games in the future. So, I mean, I want you healthy. Um, team needs you healthy we need you healthy um, she took a practice slide two practice slides before the game she you know she was apprehensive she wanted to play um, but that you know after our conversation I mean she was you know I told her we needed her to be honest with herself and with us and um, she made a hard choice and, and sat down but um, put Vic in at third she played great Sarah was yeah wow that was really Really great by her, you know, great performance. So um, really proud of all of them. They did a good job. It was a great battle. Um, the last few days were really, really great. Uh, won some big games. Um, so they had a lot to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got? How did you guys as a staff, you know, obviously Mike is involved and in, in you and Derek are, are talking this thing out to I mean, just in the most unfortunate of, of timing, yeah. you know, but to help the girls not so much physically but mentally be ready for an unexpected challenge in, in hill to climb. Yeah, you know, we really didn't have much time. I and mean, we sat down and we're, we sat down together and um, talked through our options and um, told everybody to get ready to play a good game. Yeah. You know, we're. I said, you know, you were unhappy about what happened to Jamie. You, have, you know, you can give you about 10 seconds to, to feel bad for her, and then we got to get ready to go out and play a good game. And um, that's what they did. Uh, so, you know, really proud of them. You know, it was a learning experience for everybody uh, and an opportunity for them to grow. I, I, mean, I see the emotion. Take me just the pride you have in watching a group of girls in the most unfortunate of freak circumstances just come together, Team USA on their back. You've worn it before, but the way they did it, just played with pride out there together. Yeah. Uh, really are proud of them, and they really did a good job of uh, it's a hard event. Yeah. Um, remember where we are here, and um, they did a really good job. They're very young, 
Uh, they're extremely talented. Uh, I know they're going to get another whack at it someday. Um, so we're just doing everything we can to, to help them get better every day, and, and that's exactly what they're doing. Thanks for a great week, Pete. You bet. My pleasure. So there was Pete Finson, and you heard him just, um, you know, he did get emotional. And, you know, in all, folks, in a lot of ways, I I almost started to get emotional and had to hold it back because you know, I've been an athlete myself, not in the sport of curling, but uh, in swimming and seeing other teammates deal with adversity and the way you rally around a teammate. And that's what these girls did today. They rallied around Jamie, and not just Jamie, they rallied around each other. And they did it together. Uh, and you could see a team on the ice that it was a little bit different, but Jamie, or excuse me, Vicki Persinger, who had played with this group before, there was a little bit of a comfort factor that was certainly there and you know that was positive and something that helped the girls today uh, overcome things but they just could not get get past Silvana Tiranzoni uh, in the Swiss rink but you know a week filled with some amazing highlights and uh, no more of a bigger highlight I don't think than the comeback win over Canada what scoring what, 10 unanswered I mean 10 straight uh, to knock off Canada 13 to 6 earlier in the week and as I mentioned Chelsea Carey uh, and Team Canada the Maple Leaf will not be in the women's uh, playoffs here at the World Championship for the first time since 99 um, but that win was just a huge one for the girls the other night um, you know some other high moments I mean the win this morning against Scotland I mean you saw this Team USA women's team pick up steam pick up momentum they had won four of their last five, I believe it was, going into the game against Switzerland. Had a lot of momentum. Jamie was playing so well. Her parents were here, brother, uh, so many family members, the Andersons, just everybody's you know, family over here to support this team. And, and they just had a wonderful week. And this is a young team, as you heard Pete Finson mention. This is a young Team USA team. So uh, these girls are going to be back. This is not the end. This is only the beginning. Um, but certainly uh, the end for now. Uh, but again, just just have been a great week here. And a couple news and notes to pass along. Obviously, the Men's World Championship is going to get underway um, a week from tomorrow in Lethbridge, Alberta. John Schuster going to be representing Team USA there, so can't wait to see those guys and work with them. This week, the lineups were announced for the Curling World Cup Grand Finale in Beijing that will be played May the 8th through the 12th, the first or the inaugural, I should say, grand finale going to be held there in China. Uh, Team Schuster going to represent on the men's side, qualifying with their win in Omaha automatically. Uh, but also getting bursts were uh, Corey Dropkin uh, and Sarah Anderson. They get in um, to play the mixed doubles, but Nina Roth's rink is going to be playing on the women's side. So congratulations to Nina uh, and Tabitha Peterson, Becca Hamilton, and Tara Peterson uh, to get the chance to go over to Beijing and play in the grand final. So uh, just <clears throat> some other good things happening around USA Curling uh, this week. But uh, that's going to start wrapping it up here from the Silkborg Sports Center as I've got to get on a plane, unfortunately, and come home a day early. So I will not be here for the final. So I've got some family stuff I've got to do when I get back home. But it has been just an incredible week here, meeting so many people around the sport 
uh, so many uh, international folks that have just seen and heard about and had the chance to put uh, some faces uh, with those names. And so uh, the people here in Denmark have a lot to be proud of in putting on this championship. Uh, and I certainly know that Madeline DuPont, her rank playing here, it, it has been really special as I believe she got a, a milestone victory the other night. But uh, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up. And with Joe Calabrese, the Godfather himself, will be back next week. Looking forward to having him back and can, can you know, kind of digest and you know have a little bit more time to reflect on this trip and this time here at the Women's World Championship and some of what went down today because it really was some raw emotion uh, that you saw and just an unexpected and just once again an unfortunate situation. And the most important thing to say right now is just best wishes, Godspeed, and just hope Jamie gets better real, real soon, because that at the forefront of our mind, it's not the winning losing, it's the health of a teammate, and you never want to see a teammate go down, no matter the situation, and our thoughts and prayers are with Jamie as she's going to recover, uh, and she'll be back better than ever, but in the meantime, she's going to take a little time away, just get that injury better, rest up, and as I mentioned, she will be back better than ever, so that's going to do it for me, Bryce Atkinson, episode 21 in the books here from Silkboard Denmark, the Women's World Championship. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget, you can download every episode and listen on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever your audio app of choices for platforms, you can listen to every episode. So, again, from Central Denmark, I'm Bryce Atkinson. I will see you again next week right here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, guests, and for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast. Llegó la venta en Vuelve la Alegría de JCPenney. Completa tu lista de regalos y ahorra 25% extra con el cupón de esta semana. O ahorra hasta 80% en joyería fina con ofertas Red Bow después del cupón. Visita Sephora dentro de JCPenney y encuentra las marcas de belleza y perfumes que les encantan. Y aprovecha y entrega tu auto. Juntos en celebración y paz. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas del 20 al 24 de diciembre. Aplican condiciones y exclusiones. Sephora se excluye de los cupones. Detalles en la tienda o jcp.com.